Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me. It's Kentucky Week. A top 10 team is coming to your place, and all anybody can talk about is attendance at the Tulsa game. Who I am exhausted by that conversation. I don't know about you guys. I am ex- absolutely exhausted by the conversation. And if we're being honest, and we'll start here, I mean, Lane Kiffin continues to be asked about it. I'm sure he would have offered up the answer one way or another anyway. But he did make a mistake this week, I think, in the way he talked about the crowd at the Tulsa game. You guys know if you were there. Um, you know, some fans are, are being super critical of the fans that weren't there, or the students that were leaving and all that. And and it's all valid. You know, if you're going to be there, why not stay at least for longer than they actually did? I understand all of the criticisms, but now, today, on Wednesday, all anybody's really talking about is Lane Kiffin's comments about his crowd and how it was he needs to uh, – they, they've been talking to their team about adjusting to it because it's like a high school game out there. And there's a time and place, I think, for something like that. The constant complaining about it has gotten – rather annoying to all of the old Miss fans I've talked to. They're kind of sick of hearing about it. But again, the week you are – you've got a sold-out game, by the way. The week that you are hosting a top-10 team in a sold-out game at 11 o'clock in the morning, that's what people in college football media world are talking about today. Oh, Lane Kiffin called his fans high school and – doesn't sound happy with where he is and all this stuff. That's the conversation. It was a misstep this week. You can disagree with me, and that's fine. I think it was a massive misstep, especially when you consider multiple factors that I've talked with you about before. Economically, it just it is really hard for people to do right now. Everything is more expensive, and games are harder and harder to go to. The at-home experience has gotten better. I get paid to watch the bad games, and I still don't really want to uh, because they are just so boring and, and not interesting whatsoever. And it's an issue all around college football. Some places are better at it than others. But even LSU, LSU did not come anywhere close to selling out or filling up a division game at night at home against Mississippi State a few weeks ago. Thousands and thousands and thousands noticeable empty sections, empty sections in Tiger Stadium. It's an issue everywhere. Um, but, but what would really bother me, if I were you guys, truthfully, is the fact that Ole Miss has gone above and beyond what you thought they were capable of for him. $7.5 million is his base salary from Ole Miss. They are stretching themselves financially further than they've ever stretched. The NIL structure at Ole Miss is really good. No, is it Texas A&M? Absolutely not. Is it Georgia? No, but Ole Miss is much better positioned and much more committed in NIL than they have been. Uh, they're allowing him to put real tree fishing patterns on their helmets uh, just everything that he has asked for from Ole Miss, the institution, 
Um, he's gotten. But this week at a press conference, he chooses that. And that's all anybody's talking about today. You can agree with him. In, in, there, there's some truth to what he said for sure. But now, all if I were recruiting against Lane Kiffin, I would send that video to every recruit. Every single recruit that I'm recruiting uh, against Ole Miss, their own coach says that their fans don't care. Listen to him. That's not me saying it. Those are his words. High school is what he said. His fans are like high school. I don't know. I, I, I think it was a misstep. I'm exhausted by the conversation. You guys have done your part this week. Every single ticket that is available has been purchased by somebody. Uh, I am expecting you guys to put on a great environment this week of all weeks when you've got a top 10 team coming to your place in a sold-out game despite the absolutely garbage time slot. Uh, just a bad move, in my opinion. The, the constant whining about this, I, I think, is just exhausting. Uh, if I were you, anyway, I, I, I'm exhausted by it. And I'm not the one the ones he's calling out. That's you guys. Um, so anyway, that's the last I'll talk about it. You guys have done your part this week. Um, I expect it to be a great environment because I have talked to a lot of Ole Miss fans that are really psyched up and charged up for this game. Obviously, it's sold out, like I said, so that's really cool. But, man, um, hmm, that is, uh, that's going everywhere today. And I promise you that's going to recruits DMs or whatever right now. And uh, this week of all weeks to do that I thought was a mistake. Anyway, the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, ABSMS.com has got you covered. So copiers and printers and phone systems and cloud storage, whatever it is, if it's tech, if it's in the office and you or your business need it, ABSMS.com, ABSMS.com, Advantage Business Systems. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary Office technology assessments, you tell them what you need, what your budget is. They will come out, give you an assessment and quote on me. ABSMS.com. So it's real now, guys. I mean, it's here. The, the, it, things have gotten real now for Ole Miss. You had these four games, three really weak opponents at home, bad games, not interesting games at all. You went on the road to Georgia Tech and you absolutely beat the brakes off of them. It was an impressive showing, but it wasn't a test. Now it gets real uh, for Ole Miss, and I'm excited to see what they've got. There is so much think. I said this on the radio show yesterday. This is a, a, a prove-it game for this team, not for Lane Kiffin, not for his program, because clearly they've proven it. They are very firmly uh, on the tier just below Alabama and Georgia. The, the, their record speaks for itself. The program's in great shape and moving in a great direction. That's not what I'm talking about. This team, though, this is a prove-it game. Because I think that a lot of things about this team, I think that they're good defensively. I think that the portal evaluations have been very good, especially at linebacker. I think in the secondary, despite what they showed against Tulsa, I think they're going to be quite good there. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. Now... We're about to know, and I'm really excited, honestly, to, to learn a lot about this team. Um, the thing that I'm watching for the most 
is up front on the offensive line. That's the thing I'm watching for the most. It, the quarterback's the, the easy answer because here's Jackson Dart, you know, his first chance in a big game like this. He didn't play in games uh, like this in his few starts at Southern Cal. So, uh, you know, of course, how does the young quarterback handle, you know, a top 10 team in an environment like this in the SEC, of course, is the biggest thing. But aside from that, it's up front on the offensive line. I expect Kentucky to be able to stack the or to try to stack the box and dare Jackson Dart to beat them. Uh, I think they're really going to try to sell out and stop the run and, and put their defensive backs, who have not exactly been great um, in a lot of one-on-one matchups, or you know maybe they just they stack the box and, and just play deep in coverage and force Jackson Dart to kind of just beat them with. Uh, dink and dunk type stuff and try to force him into mistakes. But either way, I expect them to stack the box and sell out to stop the run. So, uh, you know, of course it's it's about Dart because every game, relatively speaking, is about the quarterbacks. But can Ole Miss's offensive line hold up? Can they run block? And, and what will they do more creatively to alleviate possible issues up front if they are real? Um, whether it's rolling dart out to help with protection or maybe mixing some screens or, or or something like that. Can the offensive line hold up against an SEC team that I assume is going to stack the box? That is the, the most important thing that I am looking for uh, in this game is, is can they elevate themselves to elevated competition? The good thing is, based on what you've seen over the last – Two years and four games from Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin is how creative that he and his offense is. They absolutely have been vanilla. I think it's undeniable. And they absolutely will do things that are catered to their specific opponent that they probably haven't seen before. I I would bet my car that Ole Miss will do things, a lot of things offensively on Saturday that Kentucky has never seen before. And that's that's what makes games like Troy, for example, so frustrating. Now, they had a bunch of turnovers, a couple of which were like first snaps of the possession. But, you know, we've mentioned Liberty last year and Vanderbilt last year, games where it seems like they kind of geared down and shut it down offensively, made those games frustrating. But then you watch, you know, like the Arkansas game last year, um, where they, they kind of unleash some things that they've kept hidden. So, I'm excited to see what those are and how different they look offensively, schematically, because now they can't just hand the ball off for 300 yards with standard base stuff. Now it's got to be more creative. And how many times has Lane Kiffin showed you over the last couple of years that they can be super creative and um, specifically catered to their opponents? I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see that. The podcast is also brought to you by, uh, by the way, LB's just across from Kroger on University. It's the best place in the state to get your meat. If you're going to be cooking with meat this week or this weekend, that's the place to get it. When you go to LB's, uh, tell Greg and the good people there that I sent you. They will hook you up. We've also got daily lunch specials. If you don't feel like doing the cooking at lunch hour, they'll do it for you Monday through Friday. Got the best selection of meat in this state. That is LB's just across from Kroger on University in Oxford. So... Kentucky coming into this game, it, they, they haven't had – this is going to sound weird 
because they did go to Gainesville and beat Florida. That was a good win, no matter how Florida has looked since then and how how you slice it. Going to the Swamp and winning is an impressive thing. Don't get me wrong. But if you were frustrated with how the team looked against Tulsa, magnify that over every game. Seriously. That, that is, is something that I'd be willing to bet more. How should I phrase this? I think Kentucky's problems are bigger than Ole Miss's problems up front on the offensive line. We've talked about it every week. Talked about on the radio show after every game. I've thought they don't protect well enough. Or are we sure that the offensive line is is good the way people thought they were going to be going into the season? Sometimes they get stuffed. Sometimes they give up pressure that they shouldn't against these lesser opponents. That that's been a thought that we've had after every game. But Kentucky's issues there appear to be significantly, significantly worse. Uh, than, than Ole Misses. I mean, if you just look at the scores, and yeah, they beat the crap out of Youngstown State, but up front, they weren't particularly good. Yeah, they had a comfortable win against Miami of Ohio, but it took some weird plays in the second half and special team stuff for them to build that kind of a lead. Even the Florida game, Will Levis was was fine, but he only completed 13 passes in that game, and they really struggled running the football. Kentucky up front is is quite bad relative to what a top 10 team's offensive line should be. that Their stuff rate on runs is really high. That's a bad thing. They give up a lot of sacks. They really struggled to move the football against Northern Illinois last week, but it, again, it wasn't just last week. Up front, Kentucky has shown that they have a lot of issues in protection and run blocking. I know Rodriguez is back, and, and that's a, a factor for sure, but that, if I was a Kentucky fan, I would be so concerned about that going into this game. Um, and we'll see what Ole Miss is capable of. Pagee should be back. That's a big thing. Kari Coleman should be back. That's another big thing. But Kentucky, I assume, is going to try to just line up, kind of be slow, more methodical offensively, and run right at Ole Miss. So, will they go to more four-man fronts? Will they try some of that? Will they stack the box a little bit more? Because you've seen it. You saw it in the Tulsa game, but not just the Tulsa game. At times, Ole Miss has given up big plays, sort of, uh, large chunk plays from teams that run right up the middle. And it's kind of a numbers game, right? You've got a nose, and you've got two linebackers. And so, it's essentially three blocking three with a running back. And so if a linebacker can't shed a block or something like that, they've, they've given up yards running right up the middle. So I wonder if they're going to adjust maybe putting more guys inside in the box or, or what, because that's what Kentucky, I assume, is going to try to do against Ole Miss is line up and run literally directly at them. I think Ole Miss defensively is built more for beating these spread teams like a Mississippi State that you'll see obviously later this year with the way they align. So I wonder if they're going to – Bring more, uh, bring more pressure, run blitzing, stunt, stuff like that to um, help alleviate some of that on the interior or what they're going to do. I'm very curious to see how Chris Partridge handles uh, an offense that's a little bit different than what they've seen so far this year. I mean, Troy was overmatched. Central Arkansas was overmatched. Georgia Tech was overmatched. 
Tulsa should have been, and they did have success running the football directly at Ole Miss. So what kind of adjustments are we going to see? Because Ole Miss has been susceptible with those straight up the middle runs. What kind of adjustments are we going to see from Chris Partridge? This is his first big test, too, as a defensive coordinator. I do expect them to be more creative and, and bring more pressure and things like that, especially because Kentucky's given those up. Something's got to give here. Uh, I keep using the word interesting or whatever, but that's what this game is. It is, uh, I think, a bad offensive line against a good defense, but sometimes the front five have given up rushing yards, and that's what Kentucky's going to try to do, especially with their veteran running back back. Something's got to give there. Uh, Ole Miss has had their own protection issues uh, at times, but they still run the football well. Uh, I, I expect a, a lot more from uh, from Michael Trigg. Lane Kiffin mentioned it in his press conference some this week uh, that you know it's just kind of been a product of game flow and, and stuff like that for why he hasn't been involved. It's not like he's been punished or anything for poor play. It's just kind of how things have worked out. I, I would expect them to be more creative in how they use him especially if Kentucky's going to stack the box. I mean, a tight end can really break some of that. So I would expect to see more from Michael Trigg uh, in this game than you've seen so far this year, uh, just kind of depending how uh, Kentucky's going to want to defend them. But I imagine Mark Stoops is going to be kept up a little bit at night preparing for this game, knowing that Ole Miss hasn't shown them really anything compared to what they're going to see on Saturday in terms of schematics. What a fascinating, fascinating football game. So many questions, so, so few answers uh, in this one. So few answers. But um, I know you guys are going to be charged up, even though it's an early kickoff. It's a stinky early kickoff. But I know you guys, weather's going to be stunning, absolutely stunning for football on Saturday. So I know you guys are going to be charged up. Uh, for that one, as you should be. It's a top 10 team in your place. No excuses this week. I I dismiss any criticism of fans that don't go to bad games. This is a little bit different. I know you guys are going to show up, though. I mean, it's sold out for a reason. Um, going to be charged up. I can't wait. So I can't wait to watch it. I, I really can't. I'm excited for this football game. Going to learn so much. So uh, we'll be back Friday with two questions. And then, of course, the post-game analysis on Saturday. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you have not already. Just search Rebel Report wherever you get them and uh, hit that subscribe button. If you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. Hopefully, my rambling made a little bit of sense today. We'll have more structure on uh, on Friday's show. So thank you guys so much for, for tuning in, and uh, I'll see you on Friday for two questions. I'll see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.